This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host. Welcome, everyone. This is the Meaningful Sport Podcast, and I am your host, Nora Ronkainen. Meaningful Sport is a series of discussions on the why and how involvement in sport and physical activity can be an important part of a life worth living. If you are interested in the theme, you might also want to check out MeaningfulSport.com. There you can find podcast show notes, read a blog, and access many resources for further explorations of Meaningful Sport. So welcome back to the second part of our conversation with Maria Yumenko on purpose in sport and work. And so in the first part, we explored Masha's work on purpose orientations. We looked at her various studies with students and with uh, working adults. And so we also explored the scale development, important work that she has done in relation to conceptualizing and operationalizing purpose for empirical studies. And so in the second part, we'll, we'll focus a bit more. We also touched upon sport, of course. That's an important part of her work. And then in this second part, we'll delve into especially the sport context. And so to briefly introduce my guest, um, Dr. Maria Yuchumenko is an associate professor at California State University, Fresno. Her expertise lies in educational, positive and sports psychology and quantitative research methodologies, especially. She has published widely in and outside of sport on topics including identity, purpose, passion, and ethical conduct. So welcome back to the podcast, Masha. I'm looking forward to this second part as well. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to the second part as well. And so, um, as mentioned in the introduction, we already discussed loads of ideas uh, in our first part of the conversation. And now I think it would be really interesting to kind of start tapping more into into the sport context. And recently you've been publishing quite a lot in relation to sports coaching and purpose. And one of these works was this um, scale you developed for coaching athlete purpose scale. So shall we start with that? How did the project get started and, and how is this scale? What does it consist of and how is it conceptualized? When I came to Fresno State uh, as an assistant professor, um, and I'm an assistant professor of research and statistics in the Department of Curriculum and Instruction, where I teach uh, strictly methodological courses. I still had this um, a part of uh, my identity that was stemmed from uh, sport, from being a rhythmic gymnast. And um, as I mentioned, my uh, master's and my PhD degrees from the University of Connecticut, they were in educational psychology. But as I started working at Fresno State, I also started looking at our department of kinesiology. Um, And one of the majors that they have is in sports psychology. And I felt like um, while I have methodological expertise, as well as expertise of how people learn in the context of education, 
I also wanted to delve deeper into the substantive literature in the sports psychology domain. So as an assistant professor, I also started a master's program as a student in sports psychology at Fresno State. One of um, our professors here is um, Dr. Wade, Wade Gilbert, who became my chair for my master's thesis, for my post-PhD master's thesis. And for that thesis, I wanted to develop something meaningful in the sport psychology context, but also I wanted to apply uh, my expertise that I already had at that point. And this is how the coaching athlete purpose scale uh, was born. Back in 2009, Wade Gilbert and Jean Cate published uh, a work on an integrative definition of coaching effectiveness and expertise. And uh, in that work, they described a framework uh, related to holistic coaching and holistic athlete development. This framework was also adopted by the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Uh, and in that framework, uh, Cote and Gilbert defined athlete-centered outcomes through what is known as the framework of four C's, competence, confidence, connection, and character. And this uh, four C's framework have also, has also been used in um, a number of countries outside of the United States. So drawing on my uh, work on sense of purpose in life that I had already uh, started working on with uh, my colleague Gita Sharma, and drawing on my expertise in the uh, methodological context in scale development and in scale validation, I applied those concepts and we developed a coaching athlete purpose scale, which was my master's thesis <laughs> <laughs> under, under the supervision of Wade Gilbert, in which we conceptualized coaching purpose through focusing on these four athlete-centered outcomes of competence, confidence, connection, and character. Right. And so just describe a little bit further. So you have these four C's and then the coaches would have a sense of purpose in relation to these four C's. Is this what I, did I understand it correctly? Correct, yes. We conceptualized, and I use the word we because um, both of us um, were working on, 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 this, um, on this scale. We conceptualized coaching purpose as um, focusing on um, what coaches should, should be devel developing in their efforts. When coaches purely focus on uh, developing sport competencies among their athletes, they tend to go into this winning at all cost direction. Mm -hmm. But yeah. sport, sport can be used for holistic athlete development or holistic person development. Through sport, athletes can be introduced or person, people, individuals can be introduced to important life uh, lessons. And those uh, skills that are developed within the sport context can be translated and can be transferred into other um, domains of lives, especially since very few athletes proceed to go into professional sport. There are many uh, 
dimensions, I guess, uh, when it comes to what is the purpose of sport and what is the purpose of the coach and uh, what coaches should really be focusing on. And of course, there are different contexts, sport contexts. For example, um, youth uh, development sport. And I have a nine-year-old son uh, who just made it into a competitive soccer team. So I'm really thinking about those concepts. But then there are also professional sports. That context may be a bit different from um, the context of, uh, for example, club sport participation among um, general students at universities. Yet, when coaches only focus on uh, sport competencies and only on technical and tactical skills and only on winning, they are not able to develop these uh, holistic athletes that can uh, that can thrive not only in sport context but also in uh, their lives beyond the sport it's very interesting because i'm coming um, from ukraine and i always as as i came to the united states i always uh, wanted for my kids like serious training professional training, good skills, as well as I want a commitment to one sport. And of course, I'm coming with my own biases because I did rhythmic gymnastics. And rhythmic gymnastics is quite different from many other sports because of very early specialization. Um, I started rhythmic gymnastics uh, when I was six. And uh, in the current uh, time, in the current context, this... um, could even be considered already being too late. But I also retired uh, before I turned 17 years old, which is an atypical, I guess, career path for other sports. Or for many other sports, um, kids don't even start focusing on one sport until they are 9, 10, 11, or 12 years old. And that I'm talking uh, from the Ukrainian context. Yet in the American context, uh, there is a huge emphasis on uh, avoiding early sports specialization uh, as well as trying different sports. Something that was very new to me as I came to the United States and as uh, my kids started growing and I started engaging them in sports is that many uh, sport clubs or sport opportunities for kids, they run uh, using seasons. So, if, for example, if I want, uh, if I wanted my uh, son to do soccer, it was only six weeks during the fall semester, and that's it. And we're done with soccer for the whole year. But those were not experiences that I was looking for for him. I wanted him to to start doing uh, one sport and to develop commitment to that one activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I believe that through sport we. We can have many good life lessons that and that and develop good life skills that can later on help uh, help us. Of course, sport can not only make us but also can break us. <laughs> if, if the coach is too um, like emphasizes winning and doesn't care about athletes' wellness and well-being, um, not just physical but also mental well-being or emotional well-being. And these are the ideas, I guess, where I myself wrestle as a person, not as a scholar, but as a person and as a mother. And as time uh, goes on, uh, 
I am starting to reflect more on my experiences as a rhythmic gymnast and on um, the behaviors or on how my coach was coaching us and what skills uh, my coach was emphasizing. And I was lucky to have a very good coach who uh, emphasized a well-rounded uh, athlete. My coach was not uh, concerned about winning uh, almost uh, at all, but she wanted to develop us uh, girls who can become successful in life, who would be able to achieve things that they strive for um, and who would enjoy life in general. Yet, uh, through rhythmic gymnastics, I was also exposed to coaches who could be perceived as those who impose toxic environment because they are so focused on, um, on, on winning and potentially it comes from their egocentric uh, orientation or egocentric reasons. And there is definitely difference between um, coaches who have these different uh, visions of who they are as a coach and what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And so interesting that you mentioned that we have these cultural differences between different sports in terms of this late and early specialization and then different geographical areas as well. And that for you, there was clearly like a clash when you came to the US and the training or the sports provided to your children was not something that you were looking for or that you thought would be something you would like to offer your children. Have your thoughts evolved around that? How do you see it now that at least at the beginning, it was like a big clash, but how do you view it now? It's definitely a developmental process for me as well. Um, and I feel like I understand um, different options that are available in the United States a bit better at this point than I did even five years ago. Yeah. So we yeah. are we were able to uh, find uh, what we were looking for. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's good to hear. And then going back to your research, and you mentioned this um, coaching athlete purpose scale, and so looking at these these four C's and what are the coaches looking to develop. So I'm curious in terms of your empirical studies where you have used the scale. So. What kind of context um, has it been where you used um, used the scale and what kind of findings have you generated so far? We have just uh, a couple studies. Uh, one study is already published. Another study is um, still in review. So I probably would not be talking about the interview study just for the sake of confidentiality. But in these studies, I aimed to bring together my work on general life purpose and um, coaching purpose in the sport context specifically. And in one uh, study um, with my uh, colleague, Dr. Gitima Sharma, I invited her. So she, she is a faculty in the counseling department. She is interested in counseling issues. And uh, she, in all our work, she kind of was inviting me into her world. But now I'm starting to invite her into my, into my sport world and in our uh, published study we examined the relationship between purpose orientations in life in general and coaching athlete purpose 
that were a personal that was a personalized through the four C's. We also integrated the idea of coaching identity, which we um, operationalize as a two-dimensional scale as coaches who are focused on winning and coaches who are focused on holistic athlete development. And of course, it's not a dayad, it's not either or, and it may for some coaches, but other coaches might also be interested in both. And I think the majority of coaches are likely to be focused in both, in winning, but also in uh, developing their athletes holistically as, as a rounded person. So what we found was for, co for purpose orientations, and there are three dimensions, career-focused purpose orientation, others' growth purpose orientation, and self-growth purpose orientation. So what we found was that career-focused general life purpose orientation of coaches was related to sports-specific competence development. So coaches for coaches who view their purpose as um, oriented towards career, they're more likely to focus on developing sports-specific competencies in their athletes, such as um, sports-specific technical skills, sports-specific tactical skills, uh, and so forth. Yet, identity, their sense of self, how they view themselves as a coach, whether a coach who, was, who is focused on winning or whether a coach who is focused on holistic athlete development also played a role in the relationship between career-focused general life purpose orientation and in sports-specific competence development. And I feel like that's one of the areas for uh, future examination um, to delve deeper in order to examine how this uh, winning versus holistic athlete development identity is uh, like what its role in uh, coaching purpose as well as in coaching general well-being. We also found that unlike career-focused general life purpose orientation that was only related to sports-specific competence development, that others' growth general life purpose orientation on the other hand, was related to, to coaches seeing their purpose as um, developing their athletes' confidence, connection, as well as um, character, although that was through, uh, the, through their holistic development-centered identity. Uh-huh, yeah. So those, uh, to translate these findings in uh, a bit, uh, you know, to just describe them um, in less uh, technical approach. Um, what we found was that coaches who view their purpose in life as helping others grow, they're more likely to help their athletes uh, develop uh, skills other than sports-specific skills. But those coaches who uh, see their life purpose as um, very closely aligned with development of their career, they're more likely um, to focus just on, on the development of sports skills in their athletes. It's, it seems like these findings are logical, but also um, this study provides 
evidence that general life purpose is related to the specific uh, activities, to specific domains in which people in general are involved and to, to the coaching practice um, specifically for coaches. Yeah, I think that's an important link to see that purpose that is kind of a more abstract idea than it's actually related to these more concrete um, coaching practices. So I think this is an important link. I'm just curious in terms of, I think there has been growing concern, especially people who are in these kind of helping professions or trying to make the world better. It can be also sometimes quite taxing on on your well-being if you are very concerned about putting others' needs ahead of your own. But on the other hand, whatever purpose you might have, but it's if it's really kind of the guiding light in your life that there might be also then this dark side that it comes at the cost of your work-life balance or you might be neglecting other life domains when one domain seems to be clearly the most important for you and this is what has come out in some previous conversations as well so i wonder what what are your thoughts we discussed a little bit about this harmonious passion and obsessive passion in the first part so uh, can we maybe link that to those concepts as well in terms of thinking when having this um, purpose in your life might be something that also contributes to your well-being and when it might actually have some adverse effects on your own well-being and people around you? So long question, but <laughs> yeah. Right. And you shared with me uh, before the podcast that um, there are potential benefits, but also dangers of having a strong sense of meaning and purpose. And that this was brought up in one of your previous discussions with Professor Marilyn Dixon. And as I was reflecting on that thought, um, I immediately was thinking uh, about the connection between purpose in life and passion. And uh, drawing on my studies uh, that utilize passion using the dualistic model of passion, which uh, conceptualizes passion as harmonious passion and obsessive passion. And in brief, harmonious passion for activity um, doesn't, and this is very simplistic, it doesn't prevent people from living a life outside of that activity because their self-worth is not attached to that activity. Obsessive passion, on the other hand, makes people um, just engage in that activity and um, not be able to look at other activities because their self-worth is attached to that specific activity. Mm. Yeah. Qualitative studies um, show the direct link or direct connection between purpose and passion. And in our uh, earlier cross-sectional studies, we used or we hypothesized and we tested that model that passion for work is what drives purpose. Because we looked at purpose as um, as as one of the constructs related to eudaimonic well-being or this uh, or this uh, objective well-being. But based on our findings from those earlier studies. Um, which I shared that uh, we were surprised that harmonious passion, as we expected, was positively related to sense of purpose. But so was obsessive passion. 
and more specifically obsessive passion for work was related positively to awakening to purpose. And in our uh, attempt to explain those findings, we posited, posited that we hypothesized that, um, or oh, we were not sure whether people were using passion for work as the way to identify their purpose in life, or whether they were trying to feel their strong desire to find purpose through their work activities. And this made us um, to reconsider the directionality between uh, purpose and passion. And uh, quite possibly, it is purpose that drives passion, rather than passion that drives purpose. And in our uh, recent study um, that is currently in, um, in the progress, we found that awakening to purpose indeed predicted uh, harmonious and obsess obsess obsessive passion, as, as well as awareness of purpose, on the other hand, was only predicting harmonious passion, but not obsessive passion. So, of course, this is based on cross-sectional studies, and there is no opportunity for um, claiming the uh, causal effect, what drives what. But it does provide us with um, with a bit better understanding uh, when it comes to why, in some situations, we might see that um, striving to find or or having a strong sense of uh, purpose might look like it has negative effects um, or dangers for a person. Quite quite possibly, uh, it's not the sense of purpose that is problematic, but other related constructs, such as uh, being obsessively driven towards one's work or towards achieving um, and winning at all costs. Ultimately, it's, uh, yes, it's, uh, we need, we need more studies and we need to employ longitudinal methods. Uh, there are, there are methodological uh, approaches which can allow to make, um, I wouldn't say causal, uh, causal um, conclusions, but that can show uh, which is primary and which is uh, secondary. Purpose, passion, passion, purpose. And that's exactly what I've been thinking um, within the last um, year or so, that that's where I would like to go next. I would like to move towards uh, studies that um, help us understand these constructs and the relationships among these constructs um, a bit better than uh, cross-sectional studies do. Right. And I really look forward to reading your work as it as you develop it and it comes uh, becomes available. Yeah. Thank you for the conversation. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I guess one last question I would have, you'd also kind of looked at a purpose outside of sport, and now we discussed purpose with coaches. What are your thoughts in terms of career counselors? Maybe we can think of sports psychology practitioners as well. How could they kind of incorporate this uh, thinking around purpose in, in the way that they work work with their clients, whether they are students or athletes? What would be some, some steps there? Thank you. Thank you for asking this question. 
what our studies collectively show, our studies and studies by others, is that a uh, sense of purpose in life plays an important role in social-emotional well-being of uh, people, of athletes, of coaches, um, and of other individuals. In one of our uh, also recent uh, studies, it was published in 2022, in the Italian Journal of Educational Technology, we proposed a framework for cultivating purpose as a pedagogy of care. And this framework focuses on five uh, steps. And these five steps could be used by counselors, uh, sports psychologists, as well as educators um, or other staff who works with coaches or work with athletes. And the five steps that we proposed are exploration, during which, uh, this is the phase during which athletes and coaches can reflect on their strengths and uh, think about their abilities, about which they're proud, as well as think about their personal values and uh, their self-identity. In the next phase, which we call engagement, it's important to um, direct uh, athletes and coaches to focus on positive change in society, to potentially ask them to engage in a community service or think how um, they could, through their works, they can um, improve their local communities. The third fa phase is focused on reflection, so keeping weekly diaries or journals to reflect upon the value of the altruistic activities in their personal development, growth, and transformation could be very helpful. But also relating these altruistic activities and the value of altruistic activities, uh, helping others, how we can help athletes grow, um, not just in the sport context, but also outside of the sport context and linking that with the career aspirations. How coaches, uh, while um, you know winning, winning is important, but how can they still incorporate um, uh, helping their athletes grow um, as holistic individuals can be done in the context within, the, within which they coach. The fourth phase is articulation. So being able to express one's purpose in life is very important. And this is why exploration, engagement, and reflection can be very helpful in being able to express one's purpose in life. And finally, uh, actualization is the uh, final proposed uh, step or phase um, in our framework, which is focused on establishing career and or educational, personal, altruistic goals for the next five to ten years. So we're currently testing this uh, framework or the effectiveness of a course that was developed to foster students' life purpose within the context of this framework. And we just finished a pilot study that we ran during the spring 2022 semester with um, students, undergraduate students uh, from various majors uh, at the bachelor level. Uh-huh. And how... How big is the module at the moment in terms of how many hours or how big is the workload then? In our work, uh, this is a um, three-unit undergraduate level course that is called Fostering a Sense of Purpose in Life. So this is a full 16-hour um, 
this is a full 16 week um, university course all right yeah and and this mm -hmm. is this is why i went into you know each phase separately my ex exploration engagement reflection articulation act actualization and uh, in this course students are being guided through these phases for example for phase two for engagement they are asked to engage in what we call service learning uh, opportunities uh, up to 20 hours of helping a local community um, in whatever domain that they want to do it yet any components uh, of this framework could be could be used with coaches and with athletes um, and some of these components can be can be used by counselors through a guided um, process, whereas others could be uh, given to coaches to allow them to reflect on these ideas on their own. But then ultimately, what's important is to be able to reflect as well as discuss, um, articulate, right? And we, we, we are able to articulate through uh, interactions with others. So uh, to reflect and articulate uh, what their purpose in life is and how they envision it, what is their overall direction in life. So that then the conversation can go into the ways how coaches can apply it within their specific context and within their, within their specific context. Yeah, this looks, um, this sounds very exciting and I will certainly link the publication so it's available so people can take a look and it's good to hear that you see that some of these components could be also used in a more limited, um, I'm just thinking that probably in a sport context many of these things would be extremely helpful but probably there is not the opportunity for this full semester module so kind of that these ideas can be used as well and we are currently uh, pilot testing this course so ultimately um what i personally am interested in in seeing which specific components are more effective so that um you know we can pick those components and build further on those components yeah this sounds sounds exciting yeah okay it's been a really a wonderful conversation there are loads of ideas i i learned a lot uh, from the conversation i'm sure the listeners will too so thank you so much uh, masha for taking the time to talk to me today thank you so much for inviting me uh, it's been a pleasure to share uh, my research with you and with the listeners thanks for joining us this week on physical activity research podcast if you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show, it would be great help for us we have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes so be sure to tune in thank you all for your support and have a great day